happy Mother's Day weekend, rock listeners. Tonight's show, we're going to see who did it best, the 80s or the 90s. And tonight, we're starting off with 1980 versus 1990. And here we go with Phil Collins, Misunderstanding, Rock Phoenix Live. Something must be something, there 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 must be something. 
misunderstanding. You know there must be something, must be something, must be something.
Rock Phoenix Live! How's everybody doing out there tonight, this evening, or whenever you're listening to this show? Uh, welcome! Thank you for joining us. Um, sorry for wasting four minutes and 44 seconds, four, 40 seconds of your time. Uh, that's a really long, very just. Shanae O'Connor? Yeah. Well, I was thinking the same thing about the Genesis misunderstanding. Like, did we play the extended version? <laughs> I was like, must be something, must be something, must be something, must be something. I was like, I don't remember hearing that ever. But the radio always, like, shuts songs off, though, right? They don't want to hear the live whatever is going on. They just yeah. play the song and shut it off. So Right, and here we, we play the live version because we're Rock Phoenix Live. Sometimes we play the live version. We play the whole version. Well, we either had that one or there was a collaboration version. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. No collaborating here. It's what I had, man. It was, I love your Shania there. I, had song. I felt it. I was just the live version. I was misunderstanding. But I... I like your Sinead O'Connor, but guess what? I think my 1980 Genesis misunderstanding kicked his ass. Yeah, okay. Her, her butt. That was cool, though. I mean, Sinead O'Connor had a great career off yeah. of that. Um, she had her stunt uh, with the Pope picture on SNL. Oh, right, yeah. And then well, she gets herself in the news every once in a while. and It's funny. When you Google Sinead, Sinead O'Connor, uh, some of the things that people ask are... Uh, <laughs> what does Sinead O'Connor suffer from? Well, before clicking the drop-down box, you wonder, hmm, what does she suffer from? She's in a lot of weird things. Turns out it was bipolar disease. Oh, so she's just a little bit loopy, and maybe that's why she kind of did the Pope thing. Now she's just plain sad, and that was very tragic. Her son killed himself. Yeah. So I'm sure she's, you know, getting medicine and medical help and everything for that. That's awful. But you're right. She's always kind of, when she, when she came out with that whole album... It was fantastic, and I had it, and I played it over and over and over and over because that's a really beautiful song. And um, but yeah, maybe she just like missed it all, right? Or I don't know if she continued and she tried many albums and they weren't as successful, and she got kind of bummed out and then went a little hoo. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really follow her. You know, people lost respect for her, I guess, after the Pope incident. Yeah. But you know what? I, I told you over and over, we got to do something with Phil Collins in it. And it worked out perfect because, of course, Genesis was huge in the 80s. And the Misunderstanding song. So he was married. Um, and then his wife left him and took his two daughters with her. And he was just sitting around a totally empty house, you know, by himself. And it was a house that his whole family was there. And he just wrote songs and really, really sad songs. And that was one of the songs. If you look through, the, read through the lyrics, you can you can tell, you know, like it was about a man that's, you know, a little bit unstable, but crazy in love with this woman. And he's saying, you got to come back. It's just all a misunderstanding. But then I also think when I read, he did end up getting divorced in 1980. So, you know, she leaves and, and then they went ahead with it. But he, of course, was in Genesis with Peter Gabriel. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. 1967. And like Surrey, England. I didn't know Peter Gabriel was in Genesis. Like, I know who he is, but I didn't realize that. He also had like... He's the, the one that like invented the wah box. Like the wah, 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 wah. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Peter Gabriel, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had the Phil Collins big band. I guess he's associated with Brand X, Pilot. He did Band-Aid. He was part of that from in, what, 1984? Oh, yeah. Um, Flaming Youth 
right? And I guess Genesis is so, so, so ridiculously successful. But wouldn't you be truly, like I'm not trying to, you know, denounce their talents, but have you been a band since 1967? Uh, yeah, you'd, you'd probably be pretty successful if you're still around like this day. So they've sold like between, I don't know the accurate numbers and maybe what I read, 100 and 150 million albums. Right, and worldwide. That's why maybe it's kind of hard to, you know, say it accurately. But of course, um, Genesis did their last tour. It wasn't this year, it was last year, right? And he couldn't even hold his drumsticks anymore because he's got some nerve damage, uh, vertebrae in his neck. And I'm sitting on the drum set too Yeah, long. that, yeah, rocking out. Not only is dude drumming. He sings as well. He's the lead singer as well, which is he's just amazing, right? He's the lead singer right? as well, yeah. I don't know, like, can you think of any other bands where their lead singer is their drummer? Not backup, of course. Well, here's right? the funny thing. Uh, Three Doors Down, one of their first albums, the drummer, it said the drummer did vocals. Really? Yeah. See, I thought that was like, I couldn't even, I couldn't even think of any drummers that are the lead singer. But that's pretty cool. I think so it they was had the first album, the Superman album one. If I go crazy, will you still call me Superman? Oh, yeah. I know and that was the album that had... The drummer was the vocalist. I thought it was pretty cool, though, because Phil Collins has a son as well. His name is Nick. And Nick is the one that took over the drumming for Genesis' final tour. And um, I guess the last song that they played, they were back in England, and Peter Gabriel was in the audience somewhere, where, you know, backstage or whatever. But he was there, but he did not join the band at all. He was just there... Probably just out of respect. And, yeah, I was just you know? say for respect. But his his son Nick did all the drumming. Um, Bill says he can't even hold on to the drumstick anymore, so he's gonna have to get a real job. <laughs> 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 I thought that was funny. He's like seventy-one years old, and obviously poor health. But you know, right down to the end. Well, that's guy. it. I'm just gonna have to get a real job. Yep. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, we're gonna keep things going. Uh, here we go in 1980, Another One Bites the Dust, Rock Phoenix Live. Ah. <sighs> 
Another one bust the dust. Ow! Another one bust the dust. Hey, hey! Another one bust the dust. Phoenix Live.
Scorpions right there on Rock Phoenix Live. Alright, so here's how I think it is. I think both of them kicked ass. Agreed. I had to pause because I was thinking. Because even if you're a metalhead and you like Scorpion music, but at the same time, you can like Queen music and that was really awesome. Right. I mean, no, you know totally what? They're totally too rock. They're too. Well. Scorpions is kind of like a metal, but the Scorpions same- are amazing, and yeah. that song, I think, no offense to Queen, who's been around forever. Well, the so of the Scorpions, right? I don't know. I think you, your 1990 may have beat my 1980. Uh, I think it all depends on how you look at it. You know what I read about? Another one bites the dust, though. There's a hidden message if you play that song in reverse. Oh, God. <laughs> but it's not like, this is the devil, go kill yourself. It's not like that. Um, supposedly, if you play that song in reverse, and I don't know how the hell you would do that these days. You'd have to, right? You'd record have to, player. Yeah, record player. You'd have to, right? And then you'd trash your record. Go ahead. Um, it says, some of us enjoy smoking marijuana. <laughs> That's what the hidden message is. Some of us. And Queen did that deliberately? I, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh. Anyways, I think it's kind of a joke because really when whatever we know about Freddie Mercury, if you didn't know about Freddie before, pretty much all of us have watched the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. He had notorious, crazy-ass parties. I'm sure they were doing a whole lot more than sitting around smoking marijuana. Some of us like marijuana. Some of us enjoy smoking marijuana. That's crazy. I don't know. I don't How know rock and rollish. But it was funny, right? Yeah. Oh, your scorpions were good. Yeah. That's your mom's favorite. And they're still kicking ass. We saw them in 2008, 19. I don't know. No, we saw them in 2020. 18. Some of them. I don't know. We saw it was pre-COVID, wasn't it? It was. You're right. It's probably yeah. 2019. Yeah. And oh, look. See what I just did there? We might be doing that in the future. We're going to think, when was that? Oh, pre-COVID. Right. Or post-COVID. So instead of BC, And then everyone in the be... whole world. <laughs> oh, BC, before COVID. <laughs> oh, there's a new BC. <laughs> and then AD, after death. Oh, oh, yeah. All the death from COVID. Right. A lot more viruses out there kill a lot more people everybody says yeah like i was telling you um british columbia has tons like um, like a million chickens are dead from the avian flu again that's right that's sort of popping I, up again i remember it was quite a few years ago way pre-covid uh many many years bc um I actually flew back home. I was living in Seattle, and I hadn't been home for quite a few years. I flew back by myself. So when I fly into Vancouver International Airport, I have to carry on my person at all times for 72 hours a yellow piece of paper that says that I flew into that airport, like the International Airport, just in case I like fell down on the sidewalk and I have a fever and some stranger goes, what's wrong with her? And then the ambulance comes, and I've got that yellow card on me that says that I've traveled. Must have been like a hot spot, right? I guess, if they're making you do those restrictions. Yeah, I just remember that going, oh, do I really want to be here? But, um, what, the swine flu, the mad cow disease, avian flu, COVID, dude, it can be anywhere, anytime. A virus is the sign of the times, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, well, let's keep things rolling. Uh, here's what you got. 
Let me know what you guys think about this. Um, oh, I want to give a shout out really quick. Uh, again, Ash to Dust is playing in, in Tucson area. If you want tickets, contact Rob Matthews or find Ash to Dust on their Facebook page and uh, let them know you want some tickets to go see their show. It's gonna be really badass, awesome concert. All right, this is Pat Benatar with "Hit Me with Your Best Shot," Rock Phoenix Live. album release of 139 smooth out slappy hours this is dream day with only of you rock phoenix live I wish I could tell you, but the words would kinda run. Girl, if you only knew the way I felt for so long. I know that we're worlds apart, but I just don't seem to care. These feelings in my heart, only with you I want to share. 
Phoenix Live, that was Green Day right there. Man, that was a great album. 139 Smooth Out Slappy Hours was a great album, and it got us into some old school, like the beginnings of Green Day, like before they became the big pop stars that they are today, or rock stars, and I want to say. But yeah, love Too it. Too late, you already said pop stars. I know. <laughs> well, they were kind of commercialized there, but you know what? Everybody soaked it up. They loved it, and they made tons of money off of it. That's fantastic, and a lot of the songs were catchy. But guess what? It's not the same as Insomniac. Uh, Insomniac was really hard, and it was really like, you know, get really guitar driven. I'm not saying that other other albums weren't. Dookie was a great album. It was very guitar driven and heavy. But you know, you get into the uh, the Hitch and a Ride, and you uh, know all that stuff, and it seemed more commercialized. But and then they made a play and stuff, and it was like, okay, now this is getting silly. Mm-hmm. The play was horrible. Horrible. The Boulevard of Broken Dreams play, or uh, it was off the off personal. G- Dude, I can't even watch the whole thing. It was that bad. Yeah. So guess what? And then you went blah 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 about all their albums. No, I was gonna say, but my Pat Benatar, my four foot tall, ten inch little ass kicker Pat Benatar. She's like 60-something years old and every summer still goes on the road and entertains. So right now, in 2022, I think it said she's 60, oh, whatever. She's still touring. She's from May through July. She'll be all over the the U.S., like uh, middle of the country, um, East Coast. Nice. Yeah, good for her, right? She has hit after hit after hit. She has Love is a Battlefield, which I think we played before. And, of course, now we just did um, Hit Me With Your Best Shot. One of her personal favorites. We Belong, Treat Me Right, Fire and Ice. She's a four-time Grammy winner. Yeah. 
not nominated winner. Well, she was around that same era of like the 80s hair bands and stuff. Yep. But you know what? But she was a chick that I think in the 80s it was a little bit more acceptable. I'm not saying it was. I, I don't even know. I'm not saying I don't think it was the same struggle as if it was 10 years previous to that. Right. But I think it was still really a huge accomplishment. Um, any chick, like a tough one like that, you know, like a real like rocker chick. Um, like we got Joan Jett, right? Like really, that was a huge accomplishment. Yeah. And the fact that she's still doing it, she's worth a cool $40 million. Good for her. That's better than all Jump. the millions I have. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then she's, she's nowhere got, near James Hetfield of $300 million. She's got some uh, new band project that she's, you know, working on or whatever. But I just, I was surprised that she's still touring. Why not? Yeah. If he can still do it. And she's probably one of those people that just can't not do it. Oh, right. You know, it's well, just what she is. And people are going to eat. People want to hear her. They yeah. want to hear Joan. They want to hear her. Not Joan Jett. Pat, Pat Benatar. Benatar. They want to be yeah. able to experience those songs still. Yeah. And, you know, it's a sad thing when your band stops touring or something happens to them. Right. You know? Um, it's just it's one of those things where if there's a... If there's a uh, if there's a bunch of people requesting it, she's going to do it. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? I think... I don't know if people are necessarily requesting it, but if she's done this year after year and tours... Well, I'm just saying... You if, know, if, every summer, If then, she looks at the numbers on Spotify or on whatever oh, it says, yeah, 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 people are still listening. Yeah. They want this. And you just played it just now. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. There you go, Pat. There's 12 cents. Mm-hmm. 12 cents. <laughs> Oh, she doesn't need your 12 cents. She has 40 million. I think it's an interesting time in the 90s because you have this era where new music is coming in from left and right. Like we're, we're, we're coming off of that whole 80s hairband thing and we're going into this grunge style. And at the same time, though, in the 90s, you had other like pop bands that were making it famous as well. Like Depeche Mode is one of them. They're on our list tonight. Um, you had all kinds of bands from the uh, metal era still playing. Like Metallica released their Black Album, and then all of a sudden they went from metal to hard rock back in the 90s. So you see this this change in music, but overall, we still had just as much popular songs then as we do now. I think that there's no really no difference between 80s music and 90s music other than what sells. Well, right. I think there's just as many popular bands and just as many bands come out. Like right now, we're only talking 1980 that my songs have been released and yours are 1990. Not 91, 92, 95, right? Right. You know, that's save for another day kind of idea. But I mean, there's a lot of songs that are constantly and we're kind of focused on rock songs. Yeah. You know, we might be a little borderline like mine tend to be alternative and, you know, you and the 90s maybe it gets a little grungy or poppy or something but still a rock song always every year lots of great music is released i mean you had bands like not a surf singing popular at the same time you had metallica playing inner sandman at the same time you know you had bands like alice in chains coming out you also had nirvana going around in the 90s too i mean yeah you had this this different style of of kind of the same and we all called it rock rock yep and you know it is now what it is today. And we've said this before. Now there's too many genres. All these crazy ones. Some of them are just, I think, sound beautiful. Like 
what was I talking about? Um, symphonic something rather orchestral. Symphonic progressive metal. Oh my gosh, it even sounds beautiful, right? right. And and it gives you this visual, like you know exactly what kind. But at the same time, come on. You know, isn't it still just rock music or isn't it just pop music? Why are we, you know, trying to separate everything? Such a, I don't know. Yeah. It's too much. Though. Too much. Hard to keep track. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, this is Billy Joel with You May Be Right.
listening to Rock Phoenix Live. This is Depeche Mode. Enjoy the silence.
gotta say, I think uh, I think the Depeche Mode really uh, sold me on that. <laughs> you think you're a winner? I think I'm a winner. You know what? You said Depeche Mode before you played them. I was like, uh, Depeche Mode is so 1980s to me. But you're right. I totally know that song. That's probably one of their most popular songs, I would think, what, what you played. I know um, I'm, 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 uh, People Are People. They overplayed that on the radio. I thought I was just going to kill myself. Um, You know, it was a really great, great song. That's like 1984, right? People are people. And I think I knew that whole album is called Some Great Reward. Because when I was scrolling through the list. Violator, 1990. Master and Servant. That's also. What? It was the album was Violator. No. 1990. I'm talking about my songs. 80s. Yours. Follow along here, Francis. Um, But yeah, I was going through and I'm like, oh, I know that song. I know that song. All my songs were on the same, the great, or some great reward album. Like Blasphemous Rumors. Like I knew like four 1984 Depeche Mode songs. But you're right. You had some 1991s. Yeah, that one came out They've been around for kind of a while. They've been really great. They were one of those techno bands that just didn't overdo it on the techno. Just kind of kept it simple and melodic and danceful. It looks... Well, it it says they call them an English... Kind of what Rammstein does. They call them an English electronic music band. Ah. Right? Which is dance or techno or whatever you're saying, right? But they formed in 1980. So it did kind of take them a while. 84, they, of course, have the album that I knew every song on, like I was just talking about. And then they continued. And whether it was, like, a big popular one or maybe lesser, and then your 1990 album, I don't know what you just said. Violator. Yeah. That was, again, big and popular again. It's interesting you said that about, you know, it took them a while because you can see that based upon their albums and stuff. Uh, Green Day's album, their first album, 1039 Smoothed Out Slappy Hours was the name of the album, came out in 1990, and then you had Dookie that came out in 1994. Only took them four years to get that success. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, Depeche Mode. They had Kerplunk after that. But yeah. Was that in four years? Do they do one every four years, or did they have some no, in Kerplunk two? No, Kerplunk came or? out again like in 1993 or 90, something like that. You were already at 94. Right, but that's what I'm saying. That's when Dookie came out. Or was it 96? It was 96. Well, what I just said about Depeche Mode, if they formed in 1980, and then my album that was uber popular was 84, that's four not very long. No. It's just- and they had multiple albums. But I don't think you won. <clears throat> My Billy Joel song, Billy Joel has been around forever and a day, and he's so talented. Talk about Phil Collins, drumming lead singer. Billy Joel's just rocking out on that piano and lead singer. All right, well, you know what? I'm gonna he's talk- a piano man. I'll chalk it up, too. It's just based on genre. So, <laughs> yeah, and our age. And so that song, I think, is kind of one of his funny ones, like... I think it's a, just a hilarious song when you pay attention to the lyrics or if you read them. It's like some crazy reckless guy riding his motorcycle, whatever, crashing his car, drinking, getting high. And then everyone's like, holy cow, you're really crazy and something bad's going to happen. And he just admits like, yeah, you may be right. Like, it's possible, right? Anything is possible. What I found was... So that was song was from his 1980 um, Glass Houses album, okay? okay? So it made number seven in the U.S. charts, number six in the Canada charts, 
And it didn't even make anything at all in the UK charts. Weird. Yeah. No one in the UK liked that song? I guess not. He did have some singles that were popular, but like top 40. Right? What is top 40? (laughs) It's the top 40 songs. 40, 39, 38, 37, all the way up to one on the charts. But I don't know if it's US or... Because obviously Canada has music charts. The UK has music charts. Everybody right. has music charts. So, so if you're a like top a world... 40 band in Germany, you might not be the same top 40 we band. We might not even know who you are. Right, okay. I got well, it. Well, we'll know a few because we've already talked about a couple uber popular German bands. Like you always say Rammstein. You just played the Scorpions. Like, yeah, they're German bands and they're, you know, everybody knows who they are. So. Yeah. More than just two, I'm sure. And the Scorpions aren't top 40. Top 40 bands? No, top 40 style of music. See, I don't know what that means then. What do you mean top 40 style of music? Well, you say when you get a cover band and they play top 40 music, that means that they play top 40 music. Scorpions are not a top 40 band. I don't know, because maybe some heavy metal band. Oh my gosh. They could be top 40 in heavy metal. You can have rock in the top 40, heavy metal in the top 40. But is that what top 40 means when you... I don't know. Why don't you Google it? Right. Why don't you do some homework and then come back to us? Yeah, you got that. All right. Here we go. This is your next one from the 80... From the 80. This is Ace of Spades Motorhead Rock Finish Live.
Phoenix Live back here in the studio, man. Freaking amazing, man. Alice in Chains coming out. 1990 was like an amazing sound, a style that we were like, wow, this is heavy. And it was kind of getting away from that grunge, but it still was kind of like hard rockish. It was, yeah. Like the wow, 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 wow. But it, it's that part, I think, was grungy, and I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. I thought you almost had a chance to uh, win your 1990 over my 1980, but well, how was, do you beat Motorhead? Yeah, and I was just thinking, you know, <laughs> there's no competition here. Both cards kind of, like, play themselves out. It was a I wash. I'm not even Motorhead, a Motorhead great. fan, but guess what? Holy shit. That is a great song. Yeah. It is really heavier than what I normally listen to. And, um, of course, that was Lemmy, right? Sheesh. And you know the cool thing about that song? It was only two minutes and 46 seconds long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was super short. But Get you know, right to it. You know what, though? Not only is he the founder of Motorhead, was, sorry, uh, the founder of Motorhead, he was a lead singer, he's a bassist, and he was a primary songwriter as well. Nice. He was the only continuous member of Motorhead from the start to the end, and of course he died in like 2015 yep. in L.A. It's probably California that killed him. I doubt it. <laughs> He didn't laugh right away. I was like, were you really thinking? Like, that's a possibility? No, it was a joke. Um, And then they're often credited, and I I read it in a couple of different sites, for being the very first um, band to play speed metal. Because that was like, it was fast, right? It was speed metal. 30 years later, we've got Death Angel. Right, right. But I mean, that's the whole point. And only 30 years later? No. 80, no, 90, I think Death Angel 2010, came out in, 2020. In, yeah, but I think... No, I think Death Angel came out earlier, like in... 90s. Oh, I gotcha. Maybe, yeah. They're an older band. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Anyways. When I was looking at Rob Matthews' I think I might win again. Yeah. I think I might win. No, nobody won here. Motorhead... Um, freaking uh, Alice in Chains, two great bands, very awesome. That's a wash. Done. <laughs> you know. Fine. You know, Alice in Chains lost their lead singer a long, long time ago. Oh, he died? Yeah. No, I didn't know. Lane's Daily. Oh. Very sad. Drug overdose. Oh. It's kind of yeah. like the time right after Kurt Cobain or before Kurt Cobain. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was just nuts. Mm. And you know what? <laughs> surprise. Surprise, surprise. I don't, I don't know why. It's so sad. How come you just can't learn from all the other previous artists that have died from drug overdoses? Why do you continue to take your chance? Because you're just going to be added to that list. When you get that high, you want to ah, keep it, you know? Yeah. You're looking for that stage presence all the time. It's just, it's an amazing feeling. And it could be like, you know, it could be your buddy just giving the drugs to you. It could be your manager giving the drugs to you. Got to keep you happy. Got to keep you going. If I couldn't find a brandy glass full of 100 brown M&Ms, Ozzy wouldn't go on stage. <laughs> are you sure that M&Ms or are they Smarties? English Smarties? No, it's from Wayne's World. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Uh, this one's yours, Jen. Blondie, the tide Woo-hoo. is too high. Rock Phoenix Live.
listening to Rock Phoenix Live. This is You Shook Me All Night Long.
think my uh, Billy Joel trumped your blondie. I mean, Billy Joe, idol. <laughs> One Billy, of those Billies. <laughs> Billy Joel, Billy Joe, Billy Idol. I'll I, get there. You're in the no, eyes. You know what? I think you could be right because I love Billy Idol. I used to watch so many music videos and he was just so sexy. All right. Thank you. I picked that Blondie song for a reason. She does have other great songs that were 1980, but that one I think I like. I prefer it because it's got that ska, and you know what, I, I didn't realize it wasn't even a Blondie song, so this is kind of the cool part. So that song was written or performed by a Jamaican band, they were called the Paragons, and it wasn't all that popular, so the guy that wrote it is the lead singer of the Paragons, right? Right. So she redoes it in 1980, and her new wave, punk kind of Blondie sound, she mixes it with that reggae, you could hear the horns. You could hear the string, like the the reggae instruments, and just a lot like the twang of it, yeah. kind of, right? And that's why I love that. Um, and so it regains all this attention when Blondie covers it, and then it becomes like a hit in the U.S. and the U.K. That, that happens all the time. That's why we talk about remakes. Mm-hmm. You know, are they good? Are they not? But again, they are sometimes because yeah. if you take someone's song and they're like, "That was awesome," they're like, "No, man!" Like Motionless and White, they did the uh, the Killers rendition of Mr. Or, uh, uh, breaking my back just to know your name. Uh, okay, yeah. Anyway, they did that rendition of, of it, and it was just killer. It's totally awesome. Yeah, but it was awesome when the Killers did it too. It's, right, but was is, it good for the rock and roll world? It was. Cause it like rebirthed it again. Like it. It didn't rebirth it. It just showed that. I guess. Well, you know what? As they said about Metallica, um, Cliff. Cliff Burton loved classical music. Mm-hmm. He taught the band how to write music. He taught the band a lot about music and about classical music. And so you can play Metallica songs on cellos and it sounds fantastic. Yeah, as we they know, Apocalyptica. Right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I think maybe um, when a band covers your song and they do a good job for its industry, if the song, I mean, again, like you said, the song was good enough in the beginning. Yeah, and the first time. But I guess what I'm saying is the killers didn't know they could take that song and step it up a notch and do something yeah. better with it. Well, that wasn't the sound of the killers right. to be louder or step it up a notch, so to speak. What what I'm saying about the Paragons is they weren't famous. It wasn't a hit song at all. Right, it but when Blondie, Blondie did it, it took over. Yep, and that's been many, many songs. So a lot of songs that we've played in the past, when I look it up, I'm like, holy cow, I had no idea. That is some hit from the late 50s or the 60s that wasn't really popular but it took just one band or sometimes your song is such a great song but at that time it just didn't get the exposure that it needed and they did kick it up a notch and some songs are so great they've been covered by like a dozen different artists or well, more van halen did that yeah they took a lot of the older older songs um that we didn't really know about too much and they put them into the rock and roll world yeah was California Girls. Yeah, but that sort of was maybe David Lee Roth just being kooky maybe. too, right? Having some fun with it because he did some goofy stuff. I don't know. Again, I'm still torn with that whole 80s Blondie thing and doing covers. is still touring. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, this month of May, she's going to be in California. Woo! Right? Go see Blondie. So, I mean, 
She's another, like, she's a kick-ass chick. She even started earlier than our Joan Jett, Pat Benatar. Blondie's been I around for a I bet her shows are going to be on Thursdays. It's going to piss a lot of people <laughs> off. <laughs> no, because... Don't you hate that? I hate that. I don't know why you even buy tickets to concerts on Wednesday or Thursday. Because I can't take the day off of work. I'm going to be all cranky tired. I'm going to yell at a lot it's of people. It's not my fault. Just like saying. I wish the band would come on a, on a Friday. That would be fantastic. But when the band that you haven't, you're never going to see again, unless they're on a tour of their own or on, again, the back legs of another tour like they're doing now, so, smashing to pieces, I'm never going to see them again. You'll see them again. Maybe next year. Because they'll get out this year as the backup or supporting band. Or but don't you want to say you were there, Jen? Don't you want to ah, say... No, because I don't I care. I was there when Smashing the Pleases played their first Arizona show. Ah, no. I don't... I'm not... You know me. I'm not that... I was there when it happened. Well, you know me. Or I'm I was, that guy. Yeah, you're, you are that guy. I'm like the opposite of that guy. All right, so look, I got two extra tickets if anybody wants to go, because apparently you're not <laughs> going. It's Wednesday. No, I'll go for My sure. Dudes. We just might leave uh, early. <sighs> Wednesday, my dude. 5.30 comes mighty early. So I got to talk about the ACDC. Yep. I swear to God, it was two different, two different singers on those songs. Nope. Nope. I'm so glad that you, you said that. You tell me why, Because that's... <laughs> oh, that was so fake. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Rehearsed. <laughs> um, I said... <laughs> I was reversing it. No. Uh, rehearsed. Oh. Rehearsed. Not reversed. Oh, I got you. Okay, Jim Carrey. That was a pretty good backwards step. It was. So, that, you shook me all night long that I chose. That was my 80s song. Because you had Thunderstruck, which was your 90s song, which is great. And if anybody knows anything about Thunderstruck, we talked about it on the podcast once. Sorry. Go ahead. So, I'm looking it up. It's the first single with Brian Johnson. So that's not Bon Scott. You were thinking mine was Bon Scott because it's 1980 and that makes sense. And yours was Brian Johnson. But guess what? This is where it gets a little bit interesting. So first single with Brian Johnson replacing Bon Scott as a lead singer because, of course, unfortunately, he died of alcohol poisoning. Right. Right? Several claims have been made. Mm-hmm. His ex-girlfriend even wrote a book. Um, I forget what her name is, but she even had a, a book written. She's Bon Scott's ex-girlfriend. That's kind of huge. And like is, is one of his super, super good friends. And several other people that knew him really well. That the lyrics were written by him. Not every single one, but like a lot of the raunchy, because that's him. A lot of the raunchy, gross lyrics, that's just what he is. And they're saying... He's a pig. Those lyrics have just Bon Scott written all over them, and nobody could confirm. So she says, no, a lot of the, like the catchy, you know, lyrics, like a one line or whatever... He wrote, while he was visiting her in her flat, he kept notebooks and he would just write things and cross them off and add more. And that's how he came up with the whole entire song. And she says, um, 
I can't even remember which line it was, but one of them, she says she saw him writing a letter to a like a just a friend of his, like a, a a mate of his, and she read it in that letter. She goes, I know for sure where he was, what day it was, kind of thing, right in my flat. And you know, she swears by it. But I guess the rest of ACDC just says it was an ACDC song, and they didn't really give him the credit. Like Brian Johnson obviously got the credit because he was a singer. Yeah, well, again, and they do sound similar. ACDC wanted to maintain that sound, that raspy. Brash, screamy. Let me tell you something. Back then when they were doing this in 80 and 90, nobody was thinking, people want to hear how we do this. People want to hear the reason about the lyrics. I don't think there were any any of them were thinking about that. So It's just a great song. It's a, dun- it's a dumb move and... to do, but it's a band move to do. Yeah. Because he was still a member of the band. They wanted to keep band stuff inside the band. Yep. Yeah, but you know what? If maybe Bon Scott has some children or some kind of legacy, they might want to get a little credit. Oh, absolutely, and that's why you have things like ASCAP and BMI, where you can put your name next to you're the writer, the director, the producer, the publisher. Yeah, but I mean, so everybody gets maybe credit. what they're suggesting, and I don't know, maybe they're suggesting his name wasn't on that entire album or on that song. Well, that's what I'm Even though the fight it was, was his about, right. lyrics, right? But anyways, I I never heard that, and that was funny. You said. Sounds like two different guys, because we all know they had two different lead singers. I don't know, maybe more, but I don't think so. Sure enough, same guy. Well, sometimes. But it also is 10 years apart, so maybe his sound just changes. He morphs it. He wants it to be less raspy, more whatever, right? Just heavy or something. Well, that I think uh, uh, what's the, Angus is a, a big part of that, too. He wants a certain sound. Oh yeah, because they wouldn't have sure, gotten absolutely. Bon, they wouldn't have replaced Bon Scott with the guy that sounds the same way. Similar, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know what? So did Journey. You know, Steve Perry left. He's yep. got his own personal issues, but they replaced him with their new guy, and he sounds a lot like Steve. And Perry. he's from Asia because that's what we want to hear. We want that old Journey sound. And that's what Journey wanted, yeah. too. Unlike Queen, yeah. where they were like, we don't care. This guy's freaking fantastic. He sounds yeah. great. He can do our songs and we can do new songs. Is that Adam Lambert? Amber Lambert, yeah. Yeah, but he's a talented guy and he still sounds a lot like it. You were just watching our, like you took the videos when we went and saw Quiet Riot. Yeah. And that's a super young guy. He looks like some redneck guy. But, I mean, he's a bit of a screamer. He kind of sounds... Well, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but if you watch documentaries about Quiet Riot, after the lead singer died, um, the band kept trying to find more singers, more singers. They went through tons of singers because they were abusing these singers and, like, going through them because they weren't, they weren't doing what, the same way that the lead singer was. And well, they, how do you replace a unique voice like right, that? Right, exactly. You're never going to get that same sound back, but they kept going through that with their own struggles. And uh, Frankie, the drummer, you know, he was kind of the push for the band. He passed away. And, um, yeah, just it's, it's incredible, that whole story of Quiet Riot. They're another band that kept pushing when they couldn't push no more. And they're still going. Yep. Two members still. are gone. They still have the other two. Yep. Wow, crazy. All right, this is Steely Dan, uh, Hey 19, Rock Phoenix Live. Way back when, in 
This is Rock Phoenix Live. This is Bad Religion. totally got that from you. What? I won. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, I think you did too. Uh, you know what? I love Steely Dan, and I do have a funny thing about him because I was thinking, why would they be Steely Dan, and what's the Steely? Well, years ago when people used to play, kids used to play marbles, you had Steelys. That's what they called them. And it was like the ball bearing of the marble, glass marble world. But anyways, that has nothing, nothing to do with it at all. Then I was thinking, oh, maybe some guy, whatever. So <laughs> it's named after a sex toy. So there was some book called Naked Lunch. And that was the name that they gave to the strap-on dildo in the book. And I guess they just thought it was a really clever, like, haha. They were formed in 1971 in L.A. L.A. was pretty dirty. You know what I mean? That kind of dirty. Strap-on dildo dirty, right? I got it. It's funny, huh? 
So that song is about like this older man that's trying to seduce a 19-year-old girl, right? A 19. Uh-huh. So, and he says right in there, like, she doesn't even know Aretha Franklin. She's never heard of her. Doesn't even know, like, she's the queen of soul, you know? And funny, and he's getting frustrated because he's way older than her, and she doesn't know shit. But thanks to their friend, uh, Jose Cuervo... The evening works out just fine. Makes your clothes come. Yeah, all. I guess so, right? Yeah. So I was thinking Steely was a Marvel name, and you learn something new every day, don't you? Oh, Have that's fun. so weird. Oh, how do you get come back from that? Wow. So my little backstory. There's some is old guy going down going. That's not true. Steely Dan was a great <laughs> man, a hard rocking soul. Right. Oh, man. Ah. But yeah, your song was pretty. It's a great song. Yeah, Bad Religion. I love I them. I love them. I agree. You know, I wasn't too much of a fan of like Social D and Bad Religion, but listening to them over the years, especially after Social Distortion played a really good song on the radio about California, and it was like, uh, it, California's on fire. Yeah. Was that what it was? Was California's on fire? Yeah, something like that. But it, it totally hit home for a lot of people, and. Um, Social D has a massive following. Oh, yeah. I know somebody that swore to God he would never get any tattoo ever, 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 ever. And guess what? He kind of did a little midlife crisis way late in life and got like sick boy tattoos on his calves. That's how much of a Social D following these people have. Are you hearing something? Is it I am. Me? I'm hearing voices. It's weird. <gasps> it must be me. I hear dead people. Well, you can't... What? Is it while I was talking? I don't know. It was just like it sounded like it was coming through. Anyway. And it's not my phone. I turned everything no, off. I, I, I promise. I found, I found the problem. Oh. It was you. Rock Phoenix Live, people. Live. Hello. Live. Anyway. We don't edit. Can you tell? So, yeah. In that case, the AD totally was like, you know, I'm going to come at you with this. And then the 90 was like, I'm going to come at you with that. And the 91. Bad religion. Still going strong too. Yeah. Uh, all the original members. No one's got cancer or has any issues. They're doing fantastic. Uh, that's a really cool thing. You know, they're a punk band. You thought they would have had more problems, but no, they're uh, they're doing fantastic. Pennywise was another punk band, and uh, mm, yep, they lost their lead singer because he was just tired of being in the band. It wasn't going oh. anywhere. He killed himself. Tired of being in the band. Or no, he, he just left. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Gosh, well, we're talking about all the. The drug overdoses, but then we talked about, you know, Lemmy, alcohol, Bon Scott, alcohol, right? Oh. It was a matter of time when these people were going to get it. I mean, you can't go that long doing that kind of lifestyle and expect to be in the ripe old age of, you know, 90. I think your social D song is just called California. Maybe the lyrics are California's burning. California is quite often burning. It's called The City is Burning or something. <sighs> Los Angeles is burning. Oh, That's what it's yeah, called. You're right. Ah, California, Los Angeles, anyway. All right, so this next two bands, man, this would be awesome. Both these bands are from the 80s doing hard rock, heavy metal stuff. Uh, we're going to kick it off first with Judas Priest breaking the law of Rock Phoenix Live.
Rock Phoenix Live, this is Queensryche. The best I can, baby. This album came out in 1990. Best album I've ever heard from Queensryche. Rock Phoenix Live. Don't worry, dear. He'll never find the gun.
I took it. That's me. Oh, nope. I'm thinking, did we just tie? Are we just best friends? <laughs> did we just tie? Because I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe we did tie. Because, again, both <laughs> bands, really awesome, really fantastic, <sighs> and can hold their own. Yeah, but I don't Judas know. Priest, still touring. Queen's <laughs> uh, yes. right, still touring. Touring. Yeah, okay. and you know what? You, that's where we got to give them credit. Like maybe Breaking the Lock wasn't the best of greatest rock songs ever, but I chose it. Um, 2022, 2023, they are touring and have already done some, obviously. 27 countries, yeah. 55 concerts on that tour. This is the great time to see your bands. A lot of bands are they coming are out. We old. had COVID, and now we're coming out, and we're just going to hit the scene yeah. hard. Like, I've got tickets to go. I'll see these bands. I'm really excited. But at the same time, my buddy Josh, he's been texting me. He's like, come on, bro. We always let's go see these bands. I got Pucifer tickets. <laughs> I got this ticket. I'm like, I'm like eh, you know, I just, we just need to chill. You know, I, I don't, I, you know, it, it's hard to do these concerts that went on the weekdays. Yeah, it is. And luckily, a lot of the shows that he's seeing are on the weekends. Oh, but his rock concert ends up being on a Friday. Yeah. Huh. Not going out on a Thursday? I want to give a shout out to Raw. Thank you for liking my post. I just reposted your post. But thank you for coming back and giving me a heart. You like my post. So I'll see you guys <laughs> oh, there. Oh, he didn't just give you a thumbs up. He did a little heart. Yeah, he did a heart. Aww. So thank you, Raw. You guys are fantastic. I can't wait to see the show. I also want to do an interview with you guys for like five minutes. I would love just to have five minutes of your time just to talk about stuff and have you on our show. It'll be like a no video thing where I'll put the camera on and then just bend it down like that. And like, like interview people. Well, you better be prepared and maybe have some questions. I have questions and answers. Really? Yes. Well, no, they have the answers. You have the questions. You're just not so great at homework. You just don't really do like a lot of leg work ahead of time. I want to say one thing. Uh, what what inspired you to help metal out? Metal. We Hey, that should be one of the questions. Those, how do we properly pronounce her name? Because right. guess what? We don't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we butcher it every time. Why are you so helpful and other bands seem to be so not? No, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't know the specifics, but I think bands help each other out all the time. Unless you were just some baby girl and you're worried that somebody else is going to be better than you so you want to keep everybody down so you look better you can shove that where the sun don't shine because that's not what it's about it's about holy crap you are talented and you are talented and we are talented so let's you know play off of each other or you know you're better at this but I'm better at that why not and you know what the other thing too about music is this is doesn't matter if your band is not success successful you guys have a style and that style is yours and sometimes that style is not there as they say sometimes it was it was that that style was pre of the time yeah or before it was yeah. supposed to come out and it just didn't hit you know yeah. maybe you missed your time it wasn't yours yet every band is different every band it sounds different and, and probably location too what if you were somewhere where uh, that's just not their acceptable or their popular sound. Yeah, right? we've heard that. Those guys just aren't into it here. But, and I think that's why a lot of people, even from other countries, travel to L.A. Right? Because a lot of things accepted. are acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
No doubt, right? So maybe that's Let's go, part San Francisco. Woohoo! But you know what? Truly, East Coast, like New York and, and East Coast there, has a totally unique style of their own, and even in fashion. So fashion, say, starts in Milan, right? right. It's just a little jump across the water, and we've got New York. So they have a totally different style. And if you, which I was living in California, I'm watching these this mini truck, um, like customized pickup truck, but mini truck VHS or whatever it is. But it's from East Coast, whether it's New York, New Jersey, I don't know. And I'm like... These are hideous paint jobs. And the chicks that, because you always have to have girls with cars, right? Or trucks or whatever. It sells. The girls, their bikinis are weird. <laughs> but I was living in California and I've always been West Coast my whole life. BC, you know, California, wherever. And I'm used to Washington State. I live there as well. But it just was totally different. And then I realized it's because it's East Coast. They were totally up to date and on cue. They, their trucks were painted and the decals and stickers and graphics and the girls and their bathing suits or whatever. And here I am laughing because it's totally different than a more relaxed, beach-going, California, hang loose. Sometimes California's really got those two mixes where the people are either totally chill and they're wearing flip-flops or they're go, 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 go. stressed out go 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 and they you know have to get to a to b and two seconds flat kind yeah. of thing but but yeah i think music is really similar what remember we did the east coast versus west coast we didn't do that we did it we but did. we just couldn't <laughs> and i wanted to do it again and you were like well, because I struggled with really liking the East Coast music. Other than the Ramones, I'm just... I really... We will do it again. Born in the USA. Oh, yeah. Bruce, Bruce Springsteen's pretty awesome. Blondie. Yeah. East Coast. Blondie, yeah. Okay, fine. We will redo it, even though we did it, but we have to do it per our repertoire. BMIS cap, you guidelines. <laughs> Right? right? But I mean, that's why I really wasn't into that one because I, again, that's just not what I'm Green Day, to. Berkeley. Yes, that's why I like Green Day and so do you. Okay. Anyways, do you have a couple more songs? Oh, I we got I some have, songs, baby. I think I have two. We haven't even touched the meat and potatoes yet. And you have two. Two what? Songs left. I have two. You have two? Yep. Here's your second, or here's your yours. Uh, 1980. The very best of Jackson Brown with an E. <laughs> Boulevard, Rock Plains Live.
This next band that came out in 1990, Pantera, man, redefining metal in the 90s. Rock Phoenix Live. Sweet. 
I won. Seven years later. Seven minutes later. That was so long. And so awesome. <sighs> okay, wait. Maybe this came to me. Maybe your 1990s songs, because of the advancement in technology and recording quality and whatever, just sound better than my 1980s this songs. This could be. These are, okay? these are very totally valid. Valid points. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So I love that Jackson Brown song, but I didn't really know. Down on the boulevard. So I look it up. He used to live on Hollywood Boulevard, and he said tons and tons of runaway kids. So that's what he's singing about, all the runaways. And there were certain, like, places I hung out at, you know, like diners or whatever. And it was just tons of runaways right on on Hollywood Boulevard. So that's the boulevard that he's talking about. But it it just seemed, it's a fun, well, it's not a fun song because it's about runaways. But it's like a fun song, like, kind of gets you singing and dancing. Yeah, I liked it. It had a great groove. But I was getting down. But it seemed like, yeah. like mono. You know, I was thinking, well, man, that's got to be recording quality. That's not my fault. That's not the 1980 fault. <laughs> right? You're right. It's not. They, they just didn't have the technology then to yeah. do it. So you were just And then it wasn't digitally remastered. You know, you always hear that. They take movies. Well, here's the thing. I'm not, again... Great. Both bands are very great. Had great songs. Glad. They oh, made totally it. opposite. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. Exactly. Totally yeah. opposite. Yeah. Very hard to even say, even if it was a recording studio, well, or if it was just his style. I'm pretty sure that uh, you're the guy that chooses which song to play back to back with another song. So probably, if you would have read my list and known the songs. Whatever. Hey, 19. You don't even know who Aretha Franklin is. Oh, no, no. I'm not letting some of the hard rock from the 90s go by. No, I'm just saying we could have put them like, I don't know. I had some heavier together. songs. I, would, I wanted to say about uh, Queen's Right, that, like, that was like, when I first heard that song, The Best I Can, it was kind of like a rock opera. It was yeah. like, they had this intro, and if you listen to a lot of Queen's Right songs off that album, Empire, they had kind of like some uh, monologuing in there, or parts where they, you know, put in... A speech, right? Whatever you call it. But yeah, <laughs> like you know, talking. the times are the times, and it's you know, it's glad. I'm glad to see that ten years later we've progressed and not yeah, degressed. Yeah, that much. Yep, absolutely. Though there are some '90s songs that would make you think that we've degressed. Yeah, but it was probably on purpose recorded that way for a reason. Whatever the band wanted to do, they wanted to keep their sound down, you know, or calm or whatever on that lower kind of, like what I called mono rather than stereo, right? I just want to like say... like AM radio and listening to FM radio. Right, exactly. Yeah. You're listening to AM FM radio. Why is he doing this? I don't know. It's not radio. And you switch to FM, it's like... Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. I just want to say this about Pantera. In 1990, Cowboys from Hell was released, and I think rock, hard rock, metal changed. It didn't change, but a band came out and showed us this amazing uh, thrash metal, just straight up. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. Hard, heavy, heavy. It was just a a style all their own. Yep. And where are they now? Dead. Yeah. Well, yeah. two were solo records, and then uh, the other two were yeah. gone, yes. No, I just wonder. Maybe it's like the lifestyle. Again, whether it's just being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Right? You're hanging out with the wrong crowd. Or drugs. Or alcohol abuse. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's really unfortunate they didn't last for very long. Before you play my song, I'm going to kind of give it away because I looked this up and I had no idea. See, I know everybody knows Ozzy Osbourne, right? And his Black Sabbath years. And now he's just old and crazy still. And Sharon has been keeping a really great leash on him. You know, she lets him be happy and do his thing, but she keeps him now. safe. Now, right. <laughs> well, no, before she still minded him. Well, he he minded her, I should say. She, you know, this is what you're going to do. And, and this is where I am. And you can only go so far. I think she always had him on a leash. But now that he's older, she's worried about his safety. But anyhow, and we all know who Randy Rhodes is. But, so, my song that I chose for 1980 is Crazy Train, which is what you're going to play. So, Randy Rhodes, if you watch the Crazy Train, their official music video, it's like Ozzy is this black and white, like this sketch, with this fabulous, spiky 1980s hairstyle. Somebody styled it. It looks great. You know, he still has his black eyeliner and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it was so 1980s. We all, like, chopped our hair off and had, you know, spikes in the back. And even girls did, right? Not as long, greasy, I'm going to put it behind my ears and I haven't washed it in a week kind of hairstyle. Right. Um, and then Randy Rose is just rocking out. He's got this... Long, blonde hair. Less... I guess it's a Les Paul, like a V-body. Oh, you don't have a V-body. It's a a Gibson Les Paul. It's a Gibson Gibson Flying V. Well, it said Gibson Les Paul V-body, something rather custom, right? Right. But anyways, he's just rocking out on his guitar. And it's uh, black and white. The guitar is a black and white spotted. Oh, I didn't even notice that. It just looked cool, and I saw great it was a V-body. It is a great video, and Ozzy is this sketch, like the aha video almost, like where he's drawn, but he's black and white. And then Randy Rhodes, and he's in different, you know, concerts or whatever, where they filmed him and put him all together, edited him together. So two years later, Randy Rhodes goes up on a prop plane with two other people. Something terrible goes wrong. It's like in the wee morning hours. Mm. I'm thinking there was probably some influences here. They crash the plane into traffic. Like at first hits a bus and they smash their heads through the windshields of the plane dead on impact. And then it like continues and it hits cars and I don't know. So all three of them dead on impact. And the last conversation he had with Ozzy, just like previous to that, I don't know. I'm not saying five minutes and he jumped on a plane. Like right. the last conversation he told Ozzy, slow down on your drinking because it's going to kill you someday. And he was worried about him. And then dies in a plane crash. Wow. Who knew? How come I never heard this? It was like 1982, right? It was two years after. Yeah. I'm like, gosh, I'm pretty sure I should have heard about that. All those music videos, Friday night videos, and much music at MTV. I don't remember that. Wow, that's It's quite the story. Anyways, um, it's from his Blizzard of Oz album, which I think is one of Ozzy's best, best albums. My favorite. All right, guys, thanks for listening tonight. Hope you check out this episode of 80 versus 90. And uh, have a great night. Have a happy Mother's Day weekend. Um, spend time with loved ones. Love each other. Don't hate each other. Talk about the good stuff, not the bad stuff. Don't bring up anything to cause fights. And let's just get along in the sake of our mothers, people. Liam, All right. are you listening? This is Crazy Train. Ozzy Osbourne, Rock Phoenix Live. Have a great night. We love you guys. Thank you.